and he just poured us all out some shots of rakia while we're sitting illegally across the bosnian border he's like here you go like shoot the first one and sip the second one and you're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each. Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Take Off to Travel podcast. I'm your host, Olivia. And I'm Colin. And today we're going to tell you all about all things Montenegro. We've been here for almost two weeks at this point. And at least for me, I will say that Montenegro has been one of my favorite places that we have been. Yeah, I I would agree. I think that, well, I, well I've been telling everyone that messages us how pretty it is, that it's genuinely the most naturally pretty place I think either of us have ever been. Just there's two mountains coming together at the point of the bay where the city is. And then on one side, there's a green mountain. And then on the other side, it's a like a gray mountain. And then just with this beautiful, clear water in the middle of it. And when you say clear, you mean like clear, clear, because it's so transparent that you can look down. And I feel like you can see literally each individual pebble in the bottom of the bay. Yeah. Which is crazy. I also agree with you. I think this is definitely the most beautiful place that we've ever been. I've heard that it's really similar in appearance to like a fjord in Scandinavia, but I've never been there. And I also assume that the water there isn't warm. And here it's like very pleasant to go swimming, whereas I assume you have to freeze if you swim up there. Yeah, if you were to look at the bay here, you would call it a fjord. But it's not. It's not a glacial indention in in the mountain or whatever the technical term they are these formed differently than how fjords are formed so it's not technically a fjord i also keep accidentally calling it a lake because to the naked eye it kind of looks like a lake yeah but it's definitely not it's salt water and we actually went on a boat trip which we'll talk about later but it literally leads directly out to the ocean so definitely salt water So should we start off by describing what it was like to come from Albania to Montenegro in case somebody is ever going to do something similar? So we took a bus because it was the cheapest and the fastest way to get there. If we were to have flown, we would have paid an extra $150 and flown to something like Germany and then back to Montenegro, which would have taken many, many, many hours. Probably would have been a bit more comfortable. Yeah. But... I don't see a reason to spend more time and spend more money to do something that we can do in less time for less money on a bus. Yeah. So we, when we scheduled the the bus, it was supposed to be eight hours, eight hours long. And I would say we were two hours late to the first stop after us. Just because of traffic, right? Because of traffic, not because of like an accident or anything, but just general traffic flow was slow and it was very slow. I think there were a lot of people leaving Tirana at that point of the day. So we're running two hours late the entire way. I feel horrible for the people who got to the bus stations on time and just sat around for hours and hours and hours not knowing when the bus would actually show up. So we get to the bus stop and we're we're waiting for a bus. Bus pulls up. Everything's normal. And then we go to put our luggage in the coach and the guy starts asking people for four euros. And I go, hold on a second. Our ticket specifically says that luggage is included. And if if our ticket didn't say that, I wouldn't 
I would just pay the four euros. It, the The amount of money was not the problem here. It was the principle that our ticket specifically said that luggage was included. I got a little petty with this guy. Started arguing with him that I we should not have to pay this. And he just I, didn't accept it. Yeah, he just did not accept that our ticket said luggage included. So with the luggage goes on, I end up just putting the the luggage on the bus myself, and we we get on on the bus and. The first stop comes around. He walks to the back of the bus where we're sitting and goes, four euros, please. And I go, no. (laughs) I just straight up tell him, no, I'm not paying this. Again, four euros, not a big issue money-wise. It's the principle of it. I got very angry. And this was back and forth at every bus stop that we, we hit. And we finally gave in and gave him, we gave, ended up giving him three euros because that's what we had in your purse. Yeah, I mean, the amount of money is not a lot, but because we weren't anticipating it, because our ticket explicitly said, like, your luggage is included, we were waiting to get euros until we got to Montenegro because Albania obviously uses the lek. And we had timed it just perfectly so that we had no lek left at all. And I. Honestly, I'm surprised we even had three euros to give him at the end because it was just like random change that had ended up in my purse. That, that was from Italy yeah. or France. Yeah. So it, it's been a, it's been in your purse for a long time. I'm surprised it was still there. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't know what he would have done if we literally didn't have any money. I don't know. But it was really annoying. So just, you know, even if your bus ticket says... Luggage is included. Still be anticipate being asked for money when you ride a bus. Yeah, we're taking a similar bus from Qatar to Split, Croatia. And we have all of the money ready. Yep, just we're in prepared. Case. <laughs> so what what was your impression of the old town? Well, I got to toot our horn here a little bit because the first day that we got here, we wandered over to the old town. And for those who have never heard of Qatar, it's kind of similar to Dubrovnik and then it's there's an ancient walled town that is very, I guess the only way I can say it, is really old looking. There's cobblestone roads, there's old fashioned churches, there's... Okay, it's the old town. Yeah. So we wandered in and it's got lots of little windy alleyways. And so we spent probably an hour or so just kind of meandering around. And I made a comment to you saying like, wow, this really, really reminds me of Venice. Like if you took out all the canals and you were like, yeah, yeah, me too. I didn't think anything of it. And then we went for lunch somewhere, and on the menu was a brief history of Qatar. And it turns out that it was ruled by the Venetians. So I felt. For 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like a little historian for knowing that those two cities looked similar. What did you think of the old town? I think it's beautiful. I I really enjoy the the vibe of it. The, The city's kind of ringed, like the streets are ringed, like. There's the center, and then it rings out from that. But each little area has its own little square, and there's restaurants. There's really just a lot of restaurants and bars because it is so touristy at this point. There's there's maybe we saw one little market, but other than that, it's it's very geared towards tourists. But not I would I wouldn't say I felt overwhelmed in the city at at all in terms of the amount of people. No, I will say that is something that I didn't know coming into Couture was just how many cruise ships were going to be here. Yeah. I feel like every day there's at least one, if not two. And these are not like itty bitty ones. No, these are like Royal Caribbean Enchantment of the Seas, like 4,400 4, people. We looked it up. Yeah, and that's just one boat. Yeah. So th- I think there definitely are times that it's a little overcrowded. 
with cruise people, but generally I feel like in the morning and after the cruise ships have left, it's really pleasant to walk around. Yeah, so we, one night while we were here, we found out that it was their end of the summer holiday. This is, it's called Boca Night, as far as we can tell. It's called Boca Night. And what it is, is just a really just a celebration at the, at the end of summer. Some people decorate little boats and they're in a, a little parade on the water. And the town council, I guess, or some board votes on the best decorated boat. And they win a cash prize. But just to put an idea of like what a decorated boat means, there was a like a clownfish. There was a like a Las Vegas themed boat with Elvis, someone dressed up as Elvis and someone dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. They were singing. There was what we thought would was Queen Camilla, like a paper mache Queen Camilla. Yeah, just just different stuff like that. And but why don't you describe what happened that night? Well, it started off that I misunderstood what they were saying, and this is very much a case of the Balkans, I think. It, the website said that it started at 8, I think, or 7. It, the website said it started at 7, and so we got there before 7, thinking that, like, oh, everybody's going to be there, and we got to get a seat. But turns out that 7 was, like, a loose time frame. So we, yeah, it didn't start till 8.30. Yeah. So we sat around for quite a while, and we learned one of the songs because they played the same song over the speakers just like over and over and over but eventually it started and the boats are going out and it was really cool and we were enjoying the boats and then in the distance we see some lightning and i didn't really think that much of it to be honest i just kind of was like oh interesting like a storm over there but then probably five minutes later it just went from being a peaceful clear night sky to just buckets of water pouring down on us. So there was like a mad rush of everybody who was watching all the boats as we literally ran for cover. And when I say that the rain was coming down, like Colin was soaked, I don't know, less than 10 seconds easy. Yeah, it was it, it was definitely raining. Everyone was running so much to the point that the cars were just stopped on the street to allow the hordes of people to run across the street to get cover. It was, I would say, six, seven, eight hundred people all running across the street at the same time trying to get cover. It was a very dangerous situation, but it ended up being okay. Yeah, and we waited under the cover because we assumed that at some point... It would stop. That it would stop and the boats would restart. And I think we waited for maybe 45 minutes. And eventually, it just, it was not slowing down we checked the forecast and it said that it was going to keep raining for the next like four or five hours and so we just decided to cut our losses and go home which i was kind of disappointed about because there was supposed to be a big fireworks show at the end and i love fireworks but i mean obviously they're not going to do that if it's pouring so we went home and just kind of hung out and then like maybe two three hours later we just start hearing these booms and so i ran up to the like balcony of our apartment and discovered that they the rain had stopped and they were just doing the fireworks at midnight which i kind of love so when we first crossed over the border from albania into montenegro i felt like i could immediately tell that montenegro was a bit more modern like the buildings looked more updated and just more polished the roads i think were a little bit better just kind of everything was a bit more upscale did you have the same thing yeah, it was like 
moving forward about 20 years into the future. And that's not a knock on Albania. Like they, I think both countries got out of the communism era of their history around the same time in the early 90s. It just, I think Montenegro has picked up a little bit more tourism than Albania, at least the part of Albania we were in. And they've been able to catch up a little bit with the rest of the world more. Yeah, I feel like there's so many more places here that take credit cards than in Albania. Like, I feel like we pretty much only used cash when we were in both Tirana and Vlora. Yeah. Whereas I feel like here, 80% of the time, they take credit cards. The only time we use cash is for, like, little things or little small shops that definitely don't. So to kind of switch gears a little bit. You haven't done your apartment tour yet, but we can talk about the apartment a little bit. We got a great deal. It's, I think, $20 a night price point, but we're definitely getting what we're paying for. It's not the nicest place. There are some quirks. There are some interesting rules. What's what's the big thing that sticks out to you? And then I'll go. It's tough because there is three major quirks, I would say, about this apartment. And the first one... It's just, I don't get it, but in the bathroom, there's just no sink. There's a bathtub, there's a toilet, there's a washing machine, that's it. I don't understand how a sink got left off of the floor plan. Like, it must have been converted from something else, but I don't know why the sink was the thing that they decided to cut, but I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, for me, it's the it's the rule that we can't start our own laundry. The washing machine is in our apartment, but... Because of previous people who have gone through Airbnb for these people, they have what they claim has jammed the laundry machine. I don't know what that means. It is a normal washer machine, but we are not allowed to start our own laundry. So we have to message the host who then messages his mom who comes down from her apartment, puts detergent in and starts the laundry, which would not be a big deal except the fact that she has a life too. And goes out and does things, so we don't get to start the laundry when we want, which is, again, it's not the worst, but it's not ideal. But this last time, it kind of seemed like she was complaining that we messaged to get our laundry done. That was more a conversation with her. What did you, how did you feel about that? Well, so I just, I've been feeling bad this whole time because, as you probably know, we're traveling super light, and so we do laundry a lot. Like, pretty much every, like, Two or three days. Yeah, three days, I would say. And we can't, we literally cannot go any longer than that or we run out of clothes. And so we've been sending this poor lady down here to start our laundry for us when we are perfectly capable of doing it our own, but we're like trying to be respectful of their rule. And the last time that she came down, which is probably her fourth or fifth time yeah. coming to do it, she like had me use translated my phone and basically said like, you can do this on your own now. I have other responsibilities or something. And she looked like she was literally in her like pajamas and I felt bad, but I'm also like, this is your rule. Like we didn't make this rule. If you want to make people do this, then you have to kind of deal with it. Understandable that she's in her PJs, but it was just, why have the rule if you're not willing to jump through the hoops? We only have to do it one more time. So the other quirk about this apartment is the stove situation. It's, so we're grateful that we have a stove because we always cook but this one is not actually part of the main kitchen it's in its own little closet 
So we've got like the refrigerator and some counter space and then the, the one sink in the apartment all like lined up in a row. And then literally in a separate room with a door is where the stove is. And the stove doesn't have any sort of markings on it other than these weird knobs that go in the reverse order of what you would think. Like to turn it on the highest setting, you turn it one click to the right, which does not make sense to my Western brain. But it also doesn't really work that well. Like, one of the burners will boil water, but that's it. The other ones are kind of get to, like, a not-very-hot setting. It's just kind of an odd stove. Yeah, it is very odd stove. It, it's very frustrating that we had some mushy pasta because the water didn't quite get up to boiling a couple times. So not ideal for cooking, but it has... We have kind of figured out that we found the one stove top that does boil water, so we are able to cook some. Yeah, stay tuned for the apartment tour because there's a few other little things that are odd, but I won't bore you with them now. So, again, to kind of switch gears, we had a a friend visit. Do you want to call them out? Sure. Hi, McKenna and Austin. Thanks for coming to hang out with us for a few days. We we did quite a bit of stuff while they were here in in the best of ways. It was... Probably one of the most memorable couple days of this trip so far, I would say. Like, we've done some great things throughout, but not back-to-back-to-back days worth of adventuring and and stuff. So, the first thing we did is we went to the Blue Cave, which is out in between Dubrovnik and Kator. It is just at the exit of the bay that we're on, and it is a cave that the water has... I think bioluminescent microorganisms that that make the water glow blue, I think is how it works. I thought it was the light being reflected off of something. Like it came in. I don't know. It could be either. Who knows? We should have probably done that research, but I'm not going to look it up. So it could be either of those, but it was it was very beautiful. The water was great. We got to swim in the cave. What was your impression of the cave? Well, I thought it was really beautiful, obviously, because the water literally glows like a light blue. And it was really fun to swim in because it was super clear, kind of like the water closer to Couture, where you could look down and see things. But somehow, I don't know if it was like the refraction or the light or whatever, the stuff below us in the water looked like it was way closer than it actually was. So like to the naked eye, it looked like it was maybe like five feet down, maybe 10 at most. But it was not. It was way, way deeper than that. It was, I think, probably 10 meters deep, 30 feet, probably somewhere around there. Yeah, the boys both tried to swim down to the bottom. And I think you both kind of struggled because it was super far down. Yeah, it was very far. But so that was priced at 40 euros per person. We did. We got a tour of the bay. We got to go walk around a church out in the middle of the lake. We went into a submarine tunnel where they housed submarines during the Yugoslava war and the and I think it was previously a World War II submarine tunnel. Would you say it was worth the money? I think so. I the boat tour that we did was 3 hours. Yeah. For some context, if you do ever come to visit Kator, there are so many companies offering the exact same tour. Yeah, it does not matter what company you pick. We followed every other boat out and back in. I think our company was called Barracuda. Blue Barracuda. Blue Barracuda. But like I said, they're all literally exactly the same. They go to the same places. They are priced the same. 
The only difference might be like if you get drinks or not and how crowded the boat is. Yeah, we did get one free drink on the boat, which was nice. I thought it was great. And I also enjoyed visiting the island, the man-made island, like before the Blue Cave. It had, I think it was Orthodox, an Orthodox church. I think so. But it was cool. Okay, and then the very next day, McKenna's boyfriend, Austin, really wanted to do some whitewater rafting while we were out here. And the Terra River is about a three-hour drive away. It was up at the border of Bosnia and Montenegro. We actually, I hope no policemen are listening, but we, we were illegal immigrants there for a minute. We got to step onto the Bosnia side of the river, and we went to a riverside bar. But the whitewater rafting in general was a lot of fun. It wasn't too crazy, but it was constant, which made it fun. And the guide was cool. What's your review of the whitewater rafting? I had a good time. The water in the river is considered to be the most hygienic in the world. And you can literally drink it straight from the river. And it's, again, super clear and super blue. So it was really cool to get to do that. And at one point, the water was slow enough that we got to get out and swim for a little bit. But man, was that water cold. Oh, it was so cold. It felt good for two seconds. The The two seconds I had jumped in and then gotten my head up to the surface, at that point, I realized how cold it was. Yeah. I, we were all wearing life jackets and wetsuits. And through that and the boots, I felt like my whole body was numb. Uh, it was just my arms. We had sleeveless wetsuits. And so I really only felt it in my arms, but it was jarring. I think they said it was about 10 degrees Celsius. Which is what? 40, uh, 50? Yeah, it's exactly 50. I was also amused by our guide because when we got to the river bar, he hadn't, like, before we left, we didn't understand that we were supposed to bring cash for this. And so I don't think anyone on our boat had any money on them. But he just came over with a bottle of Rakia, which, for anyone who's never had that, is sort of like the Balkan version of Moonshine. And he just poured us all out some shots of Rakia while we're sitting illegally across the Bosnian border. <laughs> He's like, here you go. Like, shoot the first one and sip the second one. And it just cracked me up. Both of those activities we, we very highly recommend. They were both a lot of fun. Well, yeah. After the whitewater rafting, we also got to have lunch at the, I don't know what to call it, rafting center. Yeah. And... We got to have some, what I assume is like sort of traditional Montenegrin food. And we had some trout that I think was probably the best trout I've ever had. Very good. So I would definitely recommend it. I will link the company that we went through in the show notes. So to stick on the adventuring side of the podcast, we took a day trip to Parast, which is 15 minutes up the road, but we had to take the bus because we don't have a car. What, what was Parast like for you? Parast felt kind of similar to Old Town Couture in the sense that there were lots of alleyways and cobblestone roads, but there's no wall surrounding it, so the old city feels like it's... And there's only one road. Yeah, it just feels like it stretches right up to the water. It's also very small. Like, you can see all of Parast in probably an hour, maybe two, if you really walked slow. Yeah, I think our guide the previous day at the Whitewater, one of the tours that we took, he said it was tip to tip of the city just stretched along the road was 600 meters which is not very far 
Something I thought was interesting that we learned later on is that evidently the real estate in Parast is the most expensive in the entire country of Montenegro. So we also went on another day trip. We've been kind of busy, if you can't tell. And this one was mostly focused on north of Montenegro. So we got picked up here in Kator and we hit, I want to say it was four or five major stops. The A few of them were just like photo spots. So we stopped up at the top of the bay and then we stopped to look at the salty lake. But there were a couple of highlights on the day tour. For me, the one that stood out the most was probably going to see the Black Lake, which is in Dermator National Park, and it's about as far north as you can go in Montenegro. But it reminded me a lot of Oregon because there were all these pine trees and there were mountains behind it and there was big lakes and we do did like a mini hike to get out to the lake. What was your favorite part of that day trip? My favorite part of that day trip... I would say the swimming. We swam out to the middle of the lake and we were just kind of hanging out for a minute. The water was cold, but not freezing. It was very refreshing. And just a, a fun day to relax and get to see, I would say, 60% of the country, 70% of the country. Yeah, I, I, I just like being around water, I think. Yeah, it was a long day, though. We left at seven in the morning and we got back at like 8 30 at night yeah but honestly it wasn't so bad because it was broken up into little chunks we also got to see a monastery carved into the side of the mountain and a bridge over the tallest canyon in europe and honestly for me the thing that i really enjoyed was our guide was really funny yeah he was quite a character to just kind of show an example of the enjoyment we got from his stories. He was telling us about one night where he got super drunk. And this town is so small that this was, he said, like 10 years ago or something. And people still remember it about him. But he, he apparently got very drunk and just decided he needed to break up with someone. And at this point in his life, he was not in a relationship. But he really wanted to break up with someone. So he just went around knocking on doors drunk and breaking up with all of the women that he saw he said he ended up breaking up with like 15 women that night just walk up to them hey it's not working out it's 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 not me it's you kind of stuff and it was just it was a very funny story too he definitely knew a lot about the country but he told it in really entertaining ways this kind of through like our adventure side of the podcast kind of go into some recommendations on what to do where to eat we do love our food where have we been that you would recommend going to there are a few restaurants we've stopped at a place called bastion three which is good for like traditional montenegrin cuisine and if you're looking for fresh pasta last night we went to a hotel's restaurant called Astoria that was some of the best fresh pasta I've had in a while. There's a place called Conoba Scala Santa, which I don't know, really know what they're known for, but the atmosphere was really cozy, and I would say it's kind of like a romantic-y feel, but the food was excellent there. Yeah, and then for some like of the cheaper foods, in Couture specifically, we went to Fortuna Fast Food, which was, it was cheap and it was good. A little bit pricier, but kind of outside of the city was Platinus, Platanus. And that's just like a 15 minute walk from the city, from the old town. 
but it is also very, very, very good. The sticker shock coming from Albania was definitely something that I noticed because in Tirana, you could get a plate of risotto for somewhere between two and four dollars. And here, risotto is priced somewhere between like 10 and 15. Which like all of the prices were we coming from home would have been completely normal. It was just coming from Albania where everything was very, very cheap made it seem a lot more expensive than I think it really was. Yeah, I think that Montenegro is probably still cheaper than a lot of Western Europe when it comes to accommodations and tours. But if you're in the old town or in a really touristy place like Kator, it definitely is pricier. Like I saw lots of restaurants where you could get a main course for 17, 20 something easy. Was there any specific food that you tried in Montenegro that you would recommend people to try? Yeah, so specifically in this area, and I'm going to say this wrong, and when you, if you ever see the word written out, you're going to understand why I said it wrong, but it's Nijuski, Nijuski steak. It's, it starts off with N-J-E-U or something like that. There's some D's, some K's. There's not any D's. There's a D. No, it's J, it's G in the middle. It's like a chicken cordon bleu, but with pork. It's pork, and then on the inside of pork is prosciutto and cheese, and then it's breaded and fried, and it was very good. I tried the black risotto that's very famous in this region of the world because I wanted to be adventurous, and I personally did not love it because it was so black that it dyed my teeth a little bit black. It wasn't a little bit black. (laughs) And it like it tasted okay. It had mushrooms and some sort of seafood, but it was literally so black that I couldn't tell what was rice and what was seafood. It wasn't bad. It's just it was an experience that I wanted to have, and I would recommend at least trying it if you come to this part of the world. The next thing we have on our list is top things to do in Couture, but we've kind of talked through all the things we enjoyed. Um, So just to kind of summarize at the end here, there is a city wall that you can walk around. There is a fortress up in the mountain. If you consider yourself a hiker, you can walk up this. I think they said it was like 1400 stairs up to the fortress up top, which is supposed to have a great view of the bay. And it's very beautiful. If you could only pick one thing, like somebody only had like a day or two. I would say the Blue Cave Tour. I I think it's the unique thing here to do. And it was well worth the price. I would agree. I would also add just having some time to wander around the old city. Those would be my top two. Because the old city, you kind of just get lost in the different alleyways. And you'll turn around and find a big cathedral. Or you'll turn around and find a big square. And it was just really fun to explore. Yeah. So overall review of Montenegro to close us out. I think we said this at the beginning. But I highly recommend it. This is definitely one of my top favorite places we've been. Top four? Probably, yeah. Top three? I don't know. It's hard for me to narrow down exact orders, but it's definitely up there high. Because I think, naturally, the nature is beautiful. And then the architecture is really incredible. And the food that we've had has been really good. And compared to Western Europe, it is pretty affordable. I would rate it very, very highly. What about you? Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. I... I think the length of time we were here was perfect, only being here two weeks. It allowed us to explore every day without feeling like we're go, go, going, but also not have many do-nothing days. 
which I, I think we found a good balance of things to do every day, uh, which which made it enjoyable. And then, yeah, just the natural beauty of everything. I would definitely rate it very highly. It's a definitely a must-see if you were anywhere in this area or plan on coming to anywhere in this area. I agree. So last thing to wrap it up, we had to split on Thursday. What do you expect split will be like? I think it'll be... I. Not the architecture, but just the feel of the city, I think, is going to be very similar. I think the food's going to be relatively similar, just because we're all, you know, in the same region of the world. I think the language will be a little different, but, you know, they'll have their own unique words for certain stuff. But in general, it'll be a very similar language. Not that we learned this one, but I I, I learned thank you, which is voila. Um, but that that's about it. Yeah, it'll just, it'll be a good time. What about you? I agree with you. I think that architecturally and culturally, they'll be similar. I'm interested to see what the beaches are like compared to the ones here, because the ones here are very rocky. I've got delicate feet. I don't like the rocky beaches. (laughs) I think it'd be cool if we could somehow find a sandy beach, but I don't know if that even exists. There's no way it does. I'm also interested to see, because you told me that you think that sea anemones no, sea urchins. Sea urchins. Are going to be in the beaches, and I hope we don't run into any of those. I want to eat a sea urchin. Go for it. You're on your own with that one. <laughs> I've heard it It makes your your mouth tingle a little bit because of the toxin, so I'm interested to try it. Not one that I just pick up and eat. Obviously, I don't know how to prepare it, but from a, from a restaurant, <laughs> a reputable restaurant, I would love to try one. Well, I think that'll be all for today, so thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.